0: A good piece of self-help literature can help one acquire knowledge that could have taken you many years to acquire through lived experiences. In this episode, Andile and Liso unpack four books that have propelled their understanding of key entrepreneurship topics by light years.
1: Through this podcast, we seek to create a space, a space of refuge for entrepreneurs taking their first few steps into the severe test and trial that is entrepreneurship. The Crucible. A podcast by Andile and Liso.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back again to the Crucible podcast. It's still Andile and he's still with Liso. Today we're talking literature, 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 literature.
1: Not not everyone's favorite topic.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I was actually going to throw that ball to you uh, (laughs) to say on your side, um, what 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 sort of literature maybe before we actually dive deep into you know some of the topics and, and what we've prepared for today, what what is maybe some of your favorite type of, of literature? What what do you enjoy? What have you enjoyed in the past?
1: Look, um from my side, what I've typically enjoyed are books that are, are written in an easy to read, playful manner that Really uh, look at embodying what it is to tell stories, so I I prefer that kind of literature that speaks uh, more about stories that create uh, authors say tension, build up climaxes, and all of that, more than your analytic and heavily academic and jargon kind of books. So you'll note from from the books that I will jump into it's, it's it's really books that are all engaging and consuming as a story should be so that that's my favorite type of
0: interesting i'm still trying to get into reading when i reading not when i have to read not sure if that makes you know grammatical sense
1: <laughs> makes a lot of sense <laughs> <laughs> uh, makes a lot of yeah sense. <laughs> so
0: i i read specifically to get information and so majority of my reads are books that have been recommended mainly for work but when we talk about enjoyment, I enjoy a lot of autobiographies. I haven't read as many as I'd love to, but for me, that stories behind really successful people or people, well, success is, is relative, but people that have made a difference in a way that I think that difference should be made, or people that are successful in, in a way that I think success should be or is, that's what I enjoy, you know their upbringing, some of the challenges, and how they see, you know, the world, how they see challenges, how they see growing up poor, how they leveraged growing up rich, etc. But not to go too deep into that. But yeah, that's, those are my kind of reads that that
1: I enjoy. Everyone enjoys a good story. On Unkumbuza, like the first time I really got consumed by a book, that I didn't really have to, you know, I didn't really need to get the knowledge for academic purposes or for work was when I read um, an autobiography, Trevor Noah's autobiography yeah. to be specific. And, you know, the gripping stories and, you know, uh, you know that uh, sort of affiliation to say, oh, actually, that happened to them. Actually, I can relate to this. You, you almost become one with, yeah. you know, the person whom is being talked about in the, in the autobiography. So I, I think partly the reason why stories are my, my favorite type of writing style, even for knowledge purposes.
0: Yeah, um, I won't go into any sort of detail, but I recall you saying a particular type of book talking about certain people, about, <laughs> <laughs> you know, about us. Yeah, but yeah, I, I can relate. I, I, yeah, I hear I think
1: you. It's, it's that thing mm-hmm. of affiliation. It's that thing of affiliation when the story is really close and you can relate and you know some of the characters, whether you've seen them on TV or whether it's people that you've interacted with. When you, you read that kind of book or when I read that kind of book, it's, it's gripping. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> really uh, not to go into the what the book was about because it, it's really unrelated to what we talk about. Yeah. On I think to come
0: closer to, to home and, and move you know towards what the the podcast really is about yes we said it's about literature but it's not just any type of literature or any type of book remember we said you know this is this is a crucible you know this is the first season of a podcast where ideas are being shared where experiences are being shared and hopefully where future successful social entrepreneurs will be molded. And we've picked out a few pieces of literature. We're not doing a literature review, but we'll talk and point to some sources that have really helped us to gallop along and get to where we are in terms of the way that we view the entrepreneurial landscape, the way that we view businesses, social entrepreneurs. Um, social enterprises in particular. And and that's what we'll, we'll get into. Um, I think to, to kick off, um, sometime last year, was it last year or the year before? I think it was 2020. I read, it actually could have been even before that, 2019. Towards the end of 2019, I read Exponential Organizations, um, which uh, it, in terms of how I met the book if I can use that phrase it was through work I had to read it you know for for a particular project that we were working on to understand a few concepts and so on but it really uh, made sense um, to me and some of the stories in the book um, I could resonate with and I think one of the other things apart from work that drew me um to the book um, was a um, was one of the authors or one of the co-authors, uh, Salim Isma. Um, I've I, you know I'd, I'd come across him or people talking about him uh, on YouTube, and, and when they referred to the book, you know I jumped at the chance to 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 read to read that book. Um, and what it really is about is how do you build in fact if you if you read the cover of the book, um it says why new organizations are ten times better, faster, and cheaper than yours um and yours being the traditional big business, big corporate, big manufacturer, et cetera and when you read you know they they talk about the story of um nokia their their rise and fall etc um and and they cover a number of different aspects and and i think you know not to get too deep into it but really the book is about how do you build a fast moving or a nimble or everyone's uh, favorite term an agile organization you know that that quote-unquote, moves with the times? Um, how do you build a disruptor within a sector and industry? Um, and that concept or theme throughout the book is something that really stood out for me. And one of my biggest, biggest, biggest lessons was... Oh, maybe I'll, I'll take two. One is an organization built... To scale by design is the future big business. We've spoken about building by design in previous episodes. But for me, if as you build a business from the ground up, you've built it to operate on the African continent, you've built it to operate in Asia, you've built it to operate in Australasia and ultimately Europe and America or the Americas that has more chance of scaling and growing into actual, into an actual big business than a business that is built, you know, for a... I don't want to use this term, but I'll use it with, with a bit of short-sightedness. You know, you, you build your business to solve a problem in Tembisa, Gauteng, without thinking... Of how it solves the same problem in Kailich and how it solves the same problem in Lagos um, and so on and so forth and Nagpur in India and and, and so on. Um, And for me, that was one of the biggest takeaways. Building. I
1: think if I can jump in there, I just want to say one small, profound thing when it comes to that point. Ilando think big but start small. And people always. They want to confuse the thing. And they want to start big, and sometimes they want to think small. Or if they start small, they think they will be small forever. If, or if they want to be big, they think they need to start big. So yes, you need to be looking at solving local issues to start, uh, issues within your scope in terms of your resources. However, in terms of conceptualization, you must be saying at any point in time, I can be able to scale this at t- tenfold, whatever the mm. case may be. So really, I think that's a profound lesson that I've also picked up from that book.
0: Yeah, I think the, moving to the second one, which is uh, something that I've already mentioned, building an organization that moves really fast. And, and one of the things that you like to say at work that have stuck with me the last couple of months is tell me all the reasons why this thing will work instead of all the reasons why it won't work. And that allows, it, it saves you a lot of time moping around and you know feeling discouraged where you look at all the different avenues that you can explore and you move with them you test them you prototype you build a, a prototype service a prototype product and, and you move and when the market changes you're on top of the market you understand the user you understand the supplier you understand the inputs and you're able to move uh, fast and not be one of those we always did things this way you know, and, and we can look at mm. the the, the, the codex. we can look at, um, actually Kodak is one of the examples that they use in the book. We can look at the codex. we can look at the Nokias, we can look at the Motorola's, and we can go on and on and on. Uh, but for me, those are the two things that I've taken away from that book that I try to apply and impart to the entrepreneurs that we work with and really they they're a big part of how i look at businesses how i look at my businesses um how do we build something that continues to move and continues to change you know and 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 it's something that we wrestle with you 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 never become perfect at it Um, you know you you understand the concept but you constantly need to be alive to the changes and and some of the movements that happen within the market that you operate so for me that's that's really my pick first pick anyway and, and and a book that I'd really recommend. Yeah, I think we'll we'll put the the, the title and the authors in the notes as well. Sorry, you wanted to jump definitely in. Definitely uh,
1: do that. I think yes, I wanted to give them an additional I think uh, reason to go out and, and check out that book. I think there's a lesson that they they speak about when they talk about this power of of exponential exponentiality tongue twister okay, this so mm. i think <laughs> so i think they talk about how if you're building an organization that is exponential in nature that's built to scale by design if for example i don't remember the actual company that was building satellites i think it's iridium yeah. or something like that where they're saying if you're working on an exponential project and and you're assessing the project to say after five years, um, you are still only um, 5% or, or 25% there. Um, and you are moving at a speed of uh, rather um, 5% each year of completion in terms of the project, if it's a really, really huge uh, project mm. that you're working on. And, and they say that if you're building an exponential organization, it's not necessarily to say that you still have... Uh, another 5% per year for until completion of the project, you could literally be doing it at an exponential rate whereby uh, you are possibly halfway or uh, more than a quarter of the way because the work that you have done in laying out the groundwork is um, uh, going to provide a platform for you to be able to do the rest of the 75% in a, a year or even shorter and that's the power of, of, of business, whether it's social entrepreneurship or mainstream business, it's that you could have been doing something for so long and it's not really giving you the desired results. Um, however, uh, the slow progress that you are making is putting you in a position for you to make that big leap in year two, in year three, in year four. I think w- once you, you, you engage that book and you begin to understand that Power of exponentiality a bit better. It's, it's it's something that it's really worth engaging and understanding, and it's going to motivate you to keep going even when things are a bit slow. So I really loved that lesson that I took from that book.
0: Excellent. Um, I picked out two books. Um, I'm not sure if I should jump into my second one or if I should let you come in.
1: I think I, I think I'll come in there. Yeah? Um, my favorite book is. Uh, the the, the the business uh, model generation um, written by you know uh, the godfather of the business model canvas uh, eva's Bigner, um will put the book title and um you know link to the books on amazon and the likes in the in the description um you, you should be able to pick it up there but what what i want to say about that book is engaging it um, from cover to cover and and the way in which it's written, again, as I've said earlier, it's written in a way that is more storyteller in nature. It it really, really gave me a better understanding of what um, a business model is. It gave me a chance to be able to easily prototype and test business models and to be able to easily diagnose or uh, or unpack business models of different types of organizations. Um, I think in earlier uh, shows, um, we have talked about the different business models which you can look at as a social enterprise. Um, So, most of that knowledge in terms of the foundations of that long before I began to prototype my my own and get experience on how to come up with business models and test business models. Reading that book, catapult of fast-tracked knowledge that would have taken almost forever to gain within within, um, industry, but all of a sudden I was two, three years ahead of where I was or had moved on two, three years because of having gained that book. And I think the nature in which that book is 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 written with it having along the way um, it's almost like a workbook it's got uh, along the way uh, you know little graphs that you can fill in um, position and as you build your own um, uh, business model it's got too many case studies you know it talks about you know the legos it talks about um, how publishing books in fact Um, has changed it talked about this shift from formal media and formal platforms to these community-based platforms whereby you could literally self-publish whether you're a musician whether you're a writer um, any sort of creative it talked about those industries and it really catapulted me into doing what I'm currently doing now and understanding that space a bit better so I would really really encourage anyone and everyone who wants to build business or an organization in any shape and form of space to really really engage that um, that book i think that is for me uh, gives you even a better understanding of a business model canvas which is fast uh, becoming a, a tool that is replacing even the business model and being required and many accelerator um, platforms, they're beginning to say we need to draft a business model canvas for you, you need to submit your business model, you need to explain your business model even before they begin to talk about your your, your business plan. So I would really really recommend uh, that read. That would be uh, I think my first read that I would suggest that anyone and everyone, once you've got that idea, how do you then turn it into a business? Obviously, you need to build a business model and the business model generation is the book for
0: you. Yeah, and and I think it, it feeds really well into my uh, major takeaway from my second pick around that example that you gave of self-publishing and, and musicians and so on, which is the concept around network effects. And, and uh, you know, you, you can Google the, the meaning but to me it, it, it's basically increasing the value of your product or service um as your customers or users increase so basically as you get more users or customers the value of your product starts to increase you know you and you can find many different definitions there's uh, in your economics textbooks you'll find them etc um and that for me uh, and 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 i think one of the examples that i've heard being discussed and talked about is um the issue of iPhones when they release iPhones um the long queues and the pre-orders um that people make and so on um and the effect or the effect of majority of I don't want to say the world, but I'll say maybe the majority of the West or majority of Americans using and having that device, um, you know, has has given more value to the actual product um, than what is intrinsically built into that product. Um, Very simple. When you want a picture, instead of someone saying, uh, turn on your Bluetooth, they'll say, let me airdrop it to you. Um, you know, and when you don't have the device, um, then, you know, you're not deriving that uh, bundle of value. You know, if, if you read, and, and I'm, I'm borrowing from all these different books, if, if you read the business model generation and, and you look at the, the section where they talk about value proposition you may pick up that they talk about a bundle of value, you know, and each offering product or service has or may have uh, a variety of bundles and and that particular bundle, you don't get from that. But the more people have or or the more people that have that particular product, in this case, uh, we'll say the iPhone, and, and no, they're not paying for the episode. It's just a nice example to use. You know, it it, it it gives more value to people who have that phone because if you're the only one in a household that has that phone, if you lose your charger, you know, you're stuffed. For example, mm-hmm. and and getting into that, you know, and and it's the same concept. Publishing, whether it's a book or or music, um, the more people that listen to your product or listen to your product, sorry, that listen or read your product, and the different interpretations that come from that give value to that product. And that's something that I've taken from, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken about the takeaway before I've even spoken about the book. And and that's how much I believe and uh, I don't know if subscribes the right word to to the concept of, of network effects. But the book that I'm referring to here is Platform Revolution by Geoffrey Parker and others. And again, we'll put the title and the author's in the notes but really for me you know what's what's beautiful about the book is that i read it at a for me what was prime i think it was written at a prime time but i read it at the point where i started to become exposed to platform businesses everyone that you meet or almost everyone that's an entrepreneur has a website where you can buy or list or has an app or is building an app or has tried to build an app and and, and a lot of the interactions that we have are virtual. The products and services that we consume are virtual. I mean, where you're listening to this podcast, it's on a platform. And and it, it speaks about the different nuances and aspects of building a platform business and it talks about the revolution of those businesses how they started to change the landscape and then it goes on to what are some of the things that you need to look out for as as you start to grow you know among your kpis things like number of new signups the most used buttons or the most used options on your platform and those, among others, and if you read the book, you know I don't. I don't really want to give too much away. You'll really get the juice or the honey from the book. You know, I'm not here to give a review, but I'm just here to share what I've learned. And and it talks about a whole range of different things among uh, platform businesses. You know how you build one, how you scale it. But one of the things, and I've already spoken about it in detail, is the network effect. And and I feel that if you ever get the chance to put your hands on that book go straight to that i think it's chapter is it five i think it's five or six where they discuss that go straight to that consume that read it over and over again and hopefully you can pick up a gem that can help you scale your business
1: i think to jump in with with my selection which which should be the last book that we look at in in this episode definitely builds on quite a lot in terms of uh, what you've shared in terms of the platform revolution my, my favorite read, I think it should be read even before the, the business model generation because it, it really gives a good understanding of what we talked about in terms of being clear about your true north, understanding uh, your user, understanding your client that you are seeking to serve because you are uh, existing to solve a problem for certain individuals or people the name of the book is uh, this is marketing by Seth Godin when when i got the book i had actually said actually my business is not doing so great i want to improve in sales what is the best marketing or sales kind of book that i can read and i went online and i saw an author that i am really fond of and he had a recent book that released this is marketing so i used a voucher that I'd gotten for, from work and I purchased a copy of the book. Um, and on engaging the book, it really didn't go too much. Uh, in fact, it hardly went into you know, marketing and sales. It spoke really about the network itself and understanding the people that you are serving. So what it really focuses on is to say you need to understand who you're serving, you need to understand how they think, feel, and act so that you can be able to position or create a solution uh, and position your solution in a narrative that meets theirs. I think my, my favorite uh, chapter, um, which we've, we, I think we've, we've touched on a bit, is I think it's chapter 11. It, it speaks about uh, status and it speaks about status in, in, in twofold. In um, one perspective, speaks about status from people who view it from domin- dominion or domination point, perspective. And it speaks about status from people who view it from an affiliation perspective. In terms of the dominion, it speaks about those people whom uh, have got a narrative that says uh, they're winners and losers. It speaks about a horizontal line it's either you're at the top or bottom of the food chain it speaks about the people who are looking at if it matters if they eat first or not Uh, and their narrative around a product or service is i want to be the only one who has this their narrative is my family needs more of the same Uh, and and how you market and potentially uh, build and sell a product or service to them is completely different to people who've got a narrative of affiliation, who are saying, I don't have to be the best for so long as people whom I'm supporting or the people who are on my team are the best. So, you know, those are more of a different narrative of, of people. They, we, we view, they view things almost more of in a vertical way to say how many more of us are doing this and the questions they ask themselves is who else is doing this it's more built on trust and, and, and community and, and the network effects so it really seeks to unpack that for you to be able to understand the type of people that you're dealing with and the narratives that they're telling themselves and the narratives that they're projecting into the world so that you can be able to position your product and services for them to be able to access and and use, um, but without going too much into the book, I think it's 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 really an excellent one for you to understand as you go into something like an initial needs assessment or something like an empathy phase, whereby you 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 understand the different types of narratives or the internal voices that people have with themselves. You know. um, those of you who know me and have heard me speak in other spaces would know that I'm a person of, uh, who likes talking about the imposter syndrome. You know, So it's things like those that speak about the internal narrative in someone's head as they engage with your product and the messaging that you implant there so that it reminds them or reaffirms certain things about whether it's the network of affiliation or the dominance uh, that they can possibly get from consuming your product or service i think it's an excellent read and it's written by seth gordon so yeah i think f- f- those four books if you look at them they really speak to each other or quite a lot um, and, and, and i think that the key element uh, around majority of them is really understanding the customer segment when you speak to um, the, the, the business model generation so that you can be able to position your your value in such a way that it uh, solves a problem for them uh, or solves a pain for them as they would say in, in, in consultancy and business we use that, the jargon uh, so that you can also be able to uh, get that value through your different revenue streams. And if you look at the, uh, the the platform revolution, how you build platforms and the plat- uh, network effects uh, around that, it also would really speak to the community that is in that space and, uh, again, people. And if you look at the... Um, this is marketing, again, how do you look to understand the narrative that people are speaking to themselves, about themselves, and how are they projecting that narrative? Is it the same worldview? uh that they project out as the, the conversations that they have with themselves. Um, and if it's different, how do you then sell to them? Or how do you then uh, create a service for them? So I think for me, it's really speaking to say, wh- once you begin to engage in literature, you begin to understand uh, people uh, from these four books that we've talked about a bit better from a you know, global view. Uh, and, and and what's m- nice about these things is that some of these uh, concepts and stories are really relatable though they are written internationally if, if you are able to contextualize you can begin to understand what kind of stories uh, that people tell themselves about themselves versus um, what kind of stories that they're projecting um, when they get to the real world when they get to engaging with a third party or a third person They begin to, you know, try and dominate that person. They begin to try and affiliate with that person. However, when they're at home, they're perhaps saying, I don't belong in this space. I'm not good enough to be in this space. And how you then build a service for that kind of person, how you promote a service to that kind of person is different. So, yeah, I think um, I'll I'll pause there. And I think um, we we will definitely be having these books in in the show notes below. Um, would be encouraging uh, uh, people to hit us up also um, on socials uh, um, if you've got any good read that you would think complements or supplements the books that we've shared in the session. But I think one thing that I want to take away from the end of this year uh, is to say I need to have improved my my reading habits because I've seen the benefits you know each, each time that I've consumed a life-changing book in the space it's really catapulted my my knowledge uh, Three four years because it's taken someone who's got 10 15 20 years experience in the space and they've shared their knowledge and understanding and insights and analysis in a way that is you know so meticulous and nice that uh, you know I'm able to get not all of the 20 years, but at least a year or two of things that I could have been learning the hard way. So that that's really my takeaway from this episode.
0: Yeah, and what's nice about this, and, and, and I think it's something that we've done a lot in, in the spaces that we operate in, and that's sharing literature or life-changing literature, as you put it. Um. With each other, amongst each other, referring um, each other to books or resources that are really, uh, as you aptly put, cultur- what's the word that you used, catapulted, that one. Uh, yeah. you, you, can, you, you can, you can, you <laughs> <laughs> Our listeners can comment and 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 you know give us a. a, a Mm. Uh, pronunciation masterclass on that but that that concept of uh you know if 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 you've seen a catapult and how uh, the object moves at speed um in uh, generally uh, from from my understanding and, and my perspective in an upward direction you know that that really for me resembles what these different books, or these four books that we've picked out, have really done. Among others, you know, and, and entrepreneurs are really smart people, um, and 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 I bet you, if we were to have a live event with entrepreneurs, just sharing their experiences from books of their choosing, um, we, we you know we could go on and on and on, and and all of us would learn buckets and buckets and buckets of new insights um, that can really move us forward as, as entrepreneurs. So, yeah, and, and, and I think one of the things is please do hit us up on, on our social media platforms and share with us some of the books that you've read that have changed your life. Perhaps in in later episodes or in the next season, we can jump into more of these books and talk about more advanced concepts. And, again, that's application of the network effect i'll i'll stop there you know and, and not ramble on but this for me this episode has really been enjoyable it's been full of learning listening to your perspective and your take on different pieces of literature some of which we've read at the same time but the understanding you know is 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 different so you know it's it's something that i really appreciate and i hope that you know when, when our listeners get their hands on the books can then come back and share their insights and their learnings Um, and having said that thank you so much for joining us again on the crucible podcast it's a privilege and an honor for you to lend us your ear join us again in our next episode thank you so much but for now it's goodbye, goodbye.